Welcome to the CPG Academy. I'm your host, Austin Grozier, and we're here to talk about all things CPG. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Austin Grozier, co-founder and owner at Big Dipper Dough, and this is episode 29 of the CPG Academy. So when we spoke last week, we were talking about uh, fundraising, um, specifically about pitch decks and that was planned to be part three of three of the uh podcast series on fundraising and cpg uh since talking and looking at kind of everything i've covered this is gonna be i think a shorter episode i feel i said that before and um it hasn't necessarily been the case but uh, kind of one final piece i feel maybe some other additional kind of tips and tricks so specifically i wanted to talk about due diligence so you know what that process is and what to have ready for it and secondly again just a couple maybe additional tips and tricks uh about fundraising starting off with the tips and tricks uh just like in sales I think the most important thing to understand is it's super important to make sure you're not coming off as desperate, right? Desperation is, as shitty as that sounds to say, is one of the least attractive things. Whether you're in sales, you're trying to fundraise, whatever it is, nobody wants to see somebody desperate and it's very repulsing. So your number one thing is to make sure in your pitch, your presentation, everything is to be desperate, is to, excuse me, to not come off as desperate. Right, now there's a couple, like, just very easy tactical things to do. You know, one, when you go, I mean, depending upon how busy you are, like, not every, you know, not every day, Monday through Friday, my time is filled up, but I have a, you know, decent amount of calls and meetings each week. You don't want, if you're, you know, at that stage, great. But if you're kind of starting off and you have a lot of availability, don't tell them that, right? Don't tell them that, hey, Monday through Friday, I am free from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. You know, I have all five days of the week totally open. You let me know what works best for you. No, you want to give, and it's not lying, do you want to give the illusion of being busier than you are? Right, so say, hey, Tuesday, I'm open from uh, uh, 11.30 to 1, and Thursday, I've got uh, 2 to 4 Eastern open. What works best for you? And trust me, that's a much better way, as it just comes off a lot better. Uh, secondly, you know, when you get on calls, um, if you use a laptop, I recommend having like a, like a little laptop stand so the camera is more at eye level. Um, you know, make sure that your background is decent. Now, ideally, it's not like just your bed, which for me it often is. You know, put up a white screen or, you know, Zoom has the the green screens. Um, yeah, make sure your presentation's nice. If you have low lighting or kind of poor lighting, you know, I sit right in front of a couple of big windows that, you know, are pretty sunny, so I get some good light. But when it's nighttime or it's getting darker, I also have one of those, like, circle lights that, like, you know, you know, the Instagram, you know, makeup tutorial girls use. And that just gives me good lighting for 
again from uh, video calls and things, and that just again makes it come off nicer. You want to make sure you don't come off desperate. You want to make sure that the quality of your video call or just your phone call is good. Another thing too to make sure you're kind of not coming off desperate is like when you get off a call and they need something or they ask you to do something, you know, depending on the importance and the severity. And again, this is all kind of, there's all caveats to all this. You know, make sure you're not just like dropping everything and doing that one task immediately. You know, in your mind, it might be like, yeah, like, this just shows that I'm on it, that I can do what, you know, they will ask me to do. But trust me, in their mind, it's, I mean, they might even to you know, consciously recognize it. It's more like, oh, this guy has nothing better to do than just do the one thing I asked him to do. Like, he should have a business to run. I'm not saying it take a couple days. You know, if it's here in the morning, send it over late that night, but not middle of the day. If it's end of the day, send it over early to mid next day. Just like don't do it immediately. Whatever the task is or um, whatever you want to get together. Again, it's not about lying or being deceitful. But it's just, again, you don't want to come off as desperate and say just given the illusion that you have more going on, that you're busier than you are. And if you have more going on you're busy, then great. You don't have to get the illusion. It's just the way it is. Because, again, you just do not anything want to come off desperate so with that uh, diving into what I initially want to talk about which is uh, due diligence so this too is something just to have together and this you know will kind of show investors that you're serious right that you know what you're, you're doing you're not fucking around and you're here to make it through you're here to raise some money so you made it through the prospecting, pitching, you got leads, and you closed some funds, or you got some folks that you know want to close some funds. So the next step for them is what is called due diligence, right? And you know what due diligence is is basically them, you know, lifting the hood on your on your business and you know inspecting every nook and cranny, seeing what's wrong, you know, trying to dig up dirt, all of that. So, it's best just to have this all together, because it's so much easier to have it together. And again, it shows that you're you're conscious and you're cognizant, and you understand the the um, the uh, tells the word. You understand the um so the, the the process. Excuse me, I don't. I can think of that word. You understand the process, and you're competent in what you're trying to do. So with the due diligence paperwork, again, this is everything, you know, an investor might want to see, right? So I'm just looking at a folder we have together for us, right? First folder is uh, company or customer contracts. So any contracts from any customers, and if it's not like a contract contract, like a locked in stone, you know, any supplier agreements you know from KE Unify whomever you know all that in one folder next is uh, employee and founder contracts so you know this is if you already have investors they probably will have you sign a founder contract of some kind basically saying you won't just bail on the company right so I have and 
um, yes, that's in there. And then all the employee contracts. Now you're not going to do for the employees anything that uh, contains confidential information, but you will include, you know, say potentially like the offer letter, acceptance letter, you know, their NDA, their non-compete, their employee agreement, all that information. Um, again, just in the one, the one file. And typically, too, just take like a list of your employees and kind of the head-level rules. So next is financial documents, right? And, you know, this will be, you know, your tax returns, right? So whether you've hopefully filed at least one, but if you haven't, then so be it. But, you know, one or multiple tax returns, right? One or multiple years of urines, P&Ls, and balance sheets, you know, the this year to current P&L and balance sheet. And like in our case, do we have like a 12-month trailing, you know, P&L and balance sheet, which the balance sheet's the same, but 12 months trailing, you know, P&L, which over the past six months. I also put together a uh, spreadsheet that kind of just shows each employee, you know, are they hourly or are they sal- salaried? I mean, what's their gross pay? You know, what's... You know, their gross pay plus the taxes that we pay. You know, like, what's, like, the total salary each month? I also put together, you know, uh, projections through the end of 2022. 2021, right now. And I try to make it pretty conservative. You know, it's easy to, when you make... Sorry for the semi-truck. It's easy when you're putting together projections to project you're going to close every major grocery store chain of the country. And if you can, great. But I mean, again, this might be bad advice. It might be better to, you know, project high. But I mean, to be frank, I'd rather just be as honest as possible. It's definitely one of my core values personally. So I try to make as conservative of a projection as I can. Like this is kind of like, I won't say worst case, but this is like a very realistic case. This is kind of like what we know, what we expect to happen. So I got those uh, uh, those projections as well. So, projections, financials, and kind of the payroll documents. So, from there is the incorporation documents. This would be, you know, your certificate of incorporation, you know, business licenses, tax licenses, um, sales and use tax, anything like that that, you know, again, directly involves, say, the company. Um, You know, the, the formation of the company, the legal documents behind that are all in here. Next is, uh, say, any previous investment documents. So, of course, like term sheets, convertible notes, there's any type of promissory notes, you know, safe notes, any of that, and any accompanying information. You know, if any of those convertible notes or safe notes are converted into stock, um, you're going to have the, you know, stock rights agreement, um, Investors rights agreement and don't quote me on these exactly, but you know if and when they convert into um, Stock there's a number of Documents that are that are then generated that you should have in here as well. So we got all the investment docs in one place Um, Next if you realize any kind of state co-packers or of course any suppliers um, Is like both like say manufacturing and supplier agreements 
So this again can be agreements with manufacturers, could be agreements with suppliers, with vendors, any of that goes in this next folder. Uh, from there, we have uh, sales data and purchase data. And so we included, it was like the last couple months of our, you know, inbound POs. Uh, you know, we included just a sheet that showed, you know, each PO, you know, date order, date shipped, you know, gross, gross sales, you know, net sales, net profit, you know, um, all of that. Kind of the high level numbers for each, each PO. And then like another sheet that kind of broke it down, you know, profitability, you know, gross sales and profitability uh, by customer, by SKU. So that's, you know, what we had for the sales data, uh, purchase data. And I think I mentioned tax returns in the financial documents. Um, I actually had them in a separate folder. So, excuse me, I was mistaken there. Uh, but in this case, yeah, I have our tax returns the past couple years in a separate folder. But of course, it could go there or in the financial documents. And the last... Um, folded ad is IP, uh, intellectual property. This could be a list of all the domains you own, if you have any, of course, trademarks or patents, anything patent pending, um, all the intellectual property should be housed in, you know, the, the copies from the uh, USPTO, whomever, should all be housed there. So with that, so this should be a shorter episode. That's all the high-level stuff you should have. Get it together now. You know, keep good organization of it, because it's a real pain in the ass to try to go back through emails and find every last document. And it looks a lot better. It shows you're competent. It shows you're sharp. It shows you know what you're doing. If you already have these all together and organized. And when an investor requests due diligence, paperwork, again, don't send them this two minutes after the call. Wait a little while. You're busy. You got shit to do. You're not desperate. Get to them in a timely fashion in a couple hours and have it all together in one place. So if they have any questions, they're minimal. And if anybody ever comes back and asks for, hey, you also have this, or hey, what about that? Or, you know, consider adding that to, to your due diligence packet moving forward. Because again, you want that to be sharp, concise, a ton of information. And be able to answer all the questions that they have. So with that, guys, I don't remember the episode this is anymore. Uh, I think 28. I know it's part four of fundraising and CPG. Hope it's episode 28. But again, thank you guys for the support. Uh, appreciate you guys keep listening. The numbers keep keep going up each week. I know it's a pretty niche industry, but it looks like you guys have been sharing it. A lot of you guys have added me on LinkedIn. So if you have any interested, you can find me on LinkedIn too. So just Austin Grozier, A-U-S-T-A-N, last name is Grozier, G-R-O-E-S-S-E-R, on LinkedIn. So my number, my cell phone, my email at the end of this uh, podcast as well. I'm here to help you, here to answer your questions, and have another kick-ass week. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the CPG Academy. Our ask is simple. If this podcast brought you any value, please share it with a friend. Whether in business or in CPG, we hope to be able to bring them value too. We'd love to hear from you guys, to answer any questions you might have, or to discuss any topics you might want to talk about. If you think you'd be, if you think you'd be a good guest for the show, 
or you think you know somebody that would be, please shoot us an email or shoot me a text. My email is austin at the cpgacademy.com and my phone number is 231-883-6035. Thank you all. Have a great night.